Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Echo Nest, the podcast. I'm your host, Warren Sharp. Uh, thank you for joining me as I attempt this intro for a third time. Um, the first one was just dumb, and the second one I rambled for about five minutes before I actually started talking about anything. Alright, so what's going on? Um, today, uh, I am traveling to South Carolina to play a gig with my Rush tribute band, Cygnus X2. Um, that's about it. Okay, see you later. No, what we're going to do is, this is one of my, um, my gig vlog things. Uh, so, I'm traveling, uh, alone to South Carolina. I'm gonna meet up with the rest of the guys there. Uh, I actually don't know who's traveling together, um, but Ryan, the drummer, just got a big old van. Um, I think he's going to be traveling with someone who is helping uh, helping us um, set up uh, a, a tech, I guess. You know, um, someone who's coming as a drum tech, which we definitely need since we have a, a period accurate Neil Peart sized fucking drum kit. Um, we actually, our kit is is unbelievably monstrous, and it's still not as big as Neil's was. Um, I get uh, technically, we we have all the the only thing we're really missing, uh, I believe, is the gong and the tubular bells. We don't have the drum, the electronic drum set, but Ryan has like the the pads that have all of the sounds in them. Um, so. There's no real need for that. Plus, I don't even want to think about traveling with that shit right now. Um, my car is pretty packed up as it is. I have a 412. Well, I guess I'll go over that in a second. But anyway, yeah, it's just crazy how uh, how much shit we have to lug for these gigs. Um, and even if we pared it down, it's still, it would still be a lot. Like, we I, really, the only two things we bring that I think are truly, uh, superfluous, um, are the, the guitar and the bass caps. Those are big, but realistic, we're bringing so much shit already, it doesn't matter. Um, alrighty, so, uh, yeah, you know, kind of headed, headed out, uh, going to Surfside to a place we've played before, which is called, um, The Brick House. Bar and Lounge, I think, is what it is the rest of the name. There's a big old bowling alley back there. I don't know why that's not in the fucking name. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to play there again. Um, we had, I, I, I remember us having, like, decent sound. Well, like, they had a really good system. Um, and, uh, you know, this is their first time miking up all of us. So it's like, I think there's something to be said about that. And, uh, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun to play there again. Um, they really, they really liked us down there that first time. Um, we had fun and, uh, you know, it was, everything was, was fucking solid. Anyway, um, yeah, so driving down there, yeah, so this, this little, uh, blog podcast thing is, uh, I guess just about like a semi-professional musician, uh, you know, traveling, traveling down. Um, 
I say semi-professional because that's, I think, fair as to what I am. Um, uh, I'm, I'm building my career again, (laughs) as many of us are who, uh, you know, the past couple of years, what happened to them? I don't even know. It just, all of a sudden I just woke up and it was 2022 and I have these, I have these, I have this vaccine card (laughs) and, uh, and which, what's going on? Uh, I don't know how any of this happened, but we're all kind of, you know, we're getting back into the swing of things. And and I really say that because I guess for about the past year, yeah, about the past year, we have been, I think musicians have been getting back into it. Um, and being able to do it, uh, uh, you know, pretty safely. So it's been pretty cool to see that, but now it seems like we're able to really get back in there and do it. So, um, yeah, this is a very exciting time for all of us again. Uh, I guess I have to be honest. I have to definitely find the will to get back into it. Um, you know, I guess we've, I think we've all suffered some depression over the past couple of years. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, I know it hit, it hit me really hard, um, to the point where, you know, I didn't even, wasn't sure I was going to be able to start it back up again. Um, and yeah, you know, we don't have to get too heavy with it, but, uh, I, I kind of want to give it the old college try yet again. Um, I don't know what it is. I really enjoy doing this stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm 31. Um, so I'm not too old to do anything yet. I'm kind of too old to be uh, picking up eight, ten cabs and um, you know four twelves with EBMs in them. But you know, whatever. Other than that, uh, we're all right. Um, but anyway, yeah. So this little blog thing is just kind of about you know, it's going to be basically about the next 24 hours of my life, driving down, setting up, playing, breaking down, backing up, going to the hotel, and then leaving in the morning, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, I guess right now I have some time. I will go over, uh, uh, let's talk about the gear, right, because that's super exciting, and we could also talk about uh, what we're doing. Um, so, uh, we are, uh, so w- with, with Cygnus, I get the, uh, the big thing that we're doing right now is, um, we're playing moving pictures front to back. We, we, um, we do an album, this, and this started in, I, I think it was 2018. Uh, we pick an album, um, or, you know, we're, we're at the 40th anniversary for a lot of things with Rush. So, uh. We, we, we started the band. I, I'm sure I give this history every time, so my apologies, but whatever. Started this band in, um, like, 2017 for the 40th anniversary of um, Hemispheres, which is going to be 2018. 
and we played our show. We played Hemispheres front to back, and then uh, we also did um, some other tunes. We had a band open for us as well. Um, I think we only played for like an hour and a half the entire night. Maybe it was two hours, but I don't know. I think we did two sets, uh, but I, I honestly cannot remember. So after that, um, we did, uh, let's see, what is it? We did Permanent Waves. Oh, I'm sorry. We did, we did Hemispheres. Is it Hemispheres and then Permanent Waves? I cannot remember. Um, and uh, now we're at, um, but yeah, we did those. And uh, now we are at um, Moving Pictures. Uh, so technically, Moving Pictures is supposed to be uh, last year for its 40th anniversary. I believe it's I believe it's 80, 81. Um, we're a little late, but, uh, you know, whatever. Um, shit happens, I guess. But we're doing that, and uh, yeah, you know, trying to book some shows and do that thing and have a good time. Um. We, we also do like a, so our first set is just kind of a collection of tunes, of Rush tunes, um, spanning, uh, let's see, we, we actually, on this set we have, or whatever, we are not doing anything, we're not doing any super early stuff. I believe, uh, the earliest stuff we're doing is, um, is 2112. And so we do that. We do an abridged version. We have performed the whole thing, and it's really great to see the audience enjoy it. But it's it's such a uh, it's just it's so long, um, and most people don't really know it. Even uh, even hardcore Rush fans, I don't think really want to see three dudes who are not Getty, Lifeson, and Peart uh, doing twenty one twelve, doing all twenty something minutes of it. Um, but yeah, and then we do, we do songs that, uh, span through, uh, the Signals album, which is the one after, uh, Moving Pictures. So it's, it's actually, it's kind of a, um, it's not a super expansive, uh, set list that we do, but it's, it's, it's just all such classic tunes. Um, like these are the tunes that even people who don't who aren't big Rush fans, these are tunes that they, for the most part, all know, uh, at least 50% of the set, they know, they've, they've heard the set, which is amazing, um, to think about, because we don't do anything for moving pictures in the first, the first set, the second set is moving pictures front to back, and that's, of course, the big ones, um, and, uh, yes, that's gonna be really exciting, and then we're doing a little encore, because Moving Pictures is kind of short, though, uh, I think the album is, I think the album's less than 50 minutes, and for us, you know, with tuning and setting up and, uh, you know, a little bit of talking, and I think also just, um, you know, sometimes, uh, I don't know, I think it's a little, it's a little bit longer. It probably rounds out to be roughly the same, but it's it's a it's a little bit longer, I think. But because of that, we we do kind of a long, um, a long uh, encore, and the uh, encore is um, for us this upcoming one is going to be. That's where we're getting into the uh, real early stuff, um, 
which is very unfortunate for Cameron, who has to sing. <laughs> At the, the end of the night, we make him fucking uh, really belted. Um, but yeah, so we. Uh, what, and what are the tunes we're doing for the encore? It's um, starting with Hemispheres. Um, so we fucking come out swinging with that shit, which uh, I absolutely love. We come out swinging with Hemispheres right into Bytor, an abridged version of Bytor. Um, and then we do Working Man, and we do a long version of Working Man. Um, depending on how the night goes or whatever we do, we throw Xanadu into that encore as well. We chose not to do that this time, though, because our first set is long. Um, so the first set is like, it's like a solid, it's like an hour and a half, hour 40 of music, so we're, we're thinking the encore is not going to be quite as brutal, and it's probably for the best, too, um, but, uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, uh, most of the places want you to play as long as possible without taking a break, uh, because people leave, um, during those breaks, so, uh, if you can have a very long first set, and then the other ones maybe be shorter, usually they're happier with that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, but that's, that's the, the sets, um, they're, it's, it's a, it's really fun, I feel like everything moves very well, all the songs move together very well, and, um, yeah, kind of just genuinely a good time on stage playing those tunes, as long as people are having a good time in the audience as well, um, had some, you know, well, every band has had its moments with the, uh, pretty rough audiences. Um, now we will move on to the gear, which is, uh, definitely the exciting part. Um, and you've been listening to some of the gear fucking rattle around in the back this whole time. Um, so the, uh, the gear is, I gotta make this turn real quick and see if I can get it right. I think I'm making it. Yeah. Right here. Um, the gear, yes. So I guess we'll kind of start with the guitars. Um, so I, I, I pretty much play one guitar the entire night. Uh, I, I have a backup, um, and it's also a guitar I will use on songs that have uh, solos where the bends, uh, where it has like those, those um, I don't know what you call it, kind of like that classic rock bend. Um, some uh, floating bridges don't like when you bend notes and then play another string, you know, bend notes on a string and then play another string. They, uh, they go out of tune. So, um, that's a problem, especially on working man. The ending bit has that. So I play uh, a different guitar on, if nothing else on the, um, on the, just on the encore. Um, but uh, the guitar that I play for most of the night is the Epiphone Alex Lifeson Signature Axis Les Paul thing. Um, so, uh, I guess a little bit of information on that guitar. First of all, that guitar is less than $1,000, and it has so many goddamn features, it's insane. Um, let's just start off. So it has a GraphTech uh, locking, you know, the, the Floyd Rose, what do they call that? Double locking. I don't even know why they call it double locking, but uh, the GraphTech 
Floyd Rose style bridge um, with piezo saddles already in the fucking thing with a really nice preamp already in the fucking thing and with a, a separate jack for that um, the control for that is uh, 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 I guess what would be the treble tone control instead of being that it is a push pull pop I don't like saying that it's a it's a <laughs> uh, but it's one of those pots um, uh, that uh, is what am I trying to say here? It's a volume pod for it, but the, uh, the push-pull thing will activate it or not. So it's actually kind of cool. So pushed in, it's activated, and then pulled out, it's not. So you just leave it in and up all the way using the stereo jacks. And I run that. The piezo side uh, runs into uh, uh, an Ernie Ball volume pedal, which runs into um, a Fishman... Uh, thing, some kind of Fishman, an additional preamp kind of thing. It, it just kind of, I don't really know if it's necessary, but whatever, it's there. And then that goes into a, um, what the fuck is it called? A DI box, uh, a radial, uh, uh, the, the $100 active box that they make. And that's just front of house. So I just use a volume control to, uh, you know, use that, um, for the, for the night. Um, that's it. I never turn it on or off or anything. I just, uh, yeah, get it going. The electric part though, the magnetic pickups on, on the other, uh, output, um, I have, uh, swapped that out. Oh, I think I completely derailed myself earlier. Anyway though, uh, so I swapped those pickups out for Seymour Duncan's, um, the JB and Jazz set. Uh, not my favorite pickups. They're really great. They just don't really like, I don't know. Um, I think they're really great for this thing because they, they have that sound that kind of like, they're kind of overwound and, uh, I don't know. They don't really seem to have any real character to them. So they kind of just um, they just, they sound nice, but there's nothing really special or anything about them. Uh, but I think they're good for this kind of a thing because I think it's more accurate to what they would have had during that time. Not a huge selection of, uh, you know, crazy pickups or anything. Um, those pickups of the magnetic pickups are on 500 K push pots that are, uh, for, uh, the coil splitting for single, I have them set up for single coil, um, kind of thing. The original ones were actually set up, um, for instead of single coil, uh, they would go into a parallel humbucking mode so that you wouldn't have, um, so that you wouldn't have any hum. Uh, I, I like just the single coil thing, which has hum, but, uh, it's just more of the sound that I, I want out of these things for right now, especially the Seymour Duncans are so hot. The guitar came with those pots though, which is to me just amazing. Um, so yeah, let's see. So now with that, um, so that, so then the magnetic output, 
Oh, and I also I have locking uh, tuners on the guitar as well. I still use the Floyd-style locking thing, um, but I... Um, but I uh, don't... Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of here? But I have the locking tuner. I guess just in case... Uh, well, I needed to replace the tuners, and actually the only thing I had were these crazy locking tuners laying around. And um, But I like that because it makes string change really, really nice. I mean... Uh, if there's no other thing for locking tuners, it's just, it, it saves you so much time. Um, so, yeah, I, I like locking tuners even when they're not necessary. Um, okay, so the pedals, uh, the magnetic thing hits, the very first thing it hits is a Past Effects uh, CE1 clone, but it's, um, so it's the same chorus that Lifeson would have used, right? It's the famous, the famous chorus pedal. Um, uh, the main thing is that instead of having the 3002 chip, it has the 3007, which in the circuit doesn't really seem to sound any different. Um, I'm sure there's slight variation between all of the analog components. So it's like, I, I guess what you do is instead of using the full, because I guess with that chip, it doubles it from whatever the number is, uh, you know, it, 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 it doubles how many more things it can have. It's essentially two of the uh, 3002 chips um, in one enclosure. Um, anyway, so I guess that, you know, you just use one side of it and just be done with the fucking thing. But um, it sounds fantastic. Uh, it has the preamp also that the original CE1 would have had, which is amazing. It's actually been a, a really um, interesting thing to hear that because that seems to be a big part of that early license sound is the, uh, the, the preamp of the, the boss unit um, kind of breaking up as it's going in. Anyway, though, from there... What does it go into? Oh, from there, it's a past effects uh, elastic mattress, which is their version of the electric mistress, which we use for all the flanging. Just a, just an unbelievable sound. Past effects is my favorite pedal company currently. Um, from there, we go into a, a Stone Deaf PDF, uh, the pair, the parametric uh, distortion thing. And uh, that has been another super important part of nailing the specific license sound we're going for right now, that moving pictures thing. Um, it's just all mid-range. It's all mid-range all fucking day. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. So we have that shit. That goes into a buffer, which then goes into the Axe Effects, which has all the delays, the wah, the magnetic pickups, a uh, volume pedal, um, a phaser is in there, and then I also have like a flanger in there, a chorus in there, kind of as backup things, and uh, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, that runs out and just sends a mono signal uh, to, I send it to my car, El Moto. Uh, I, I have a the one I'm bringing tonight is a 50-watt um, model with a solid-state um, 
um, a solid state rectifier. Uh, and let's see, that then goes into two different cabs. It goes into a Marshall 1960B loaded with three Celestian cream backs and one Celestian red back. That's what I had laying around. And, um, the other thing is an open back, uh, cab, um, with a, with an EVM, uh, 12L classic in there. Um, my backup amp is in that open back cab, which are, which is uh, a slant six. So that's a combo amp, but I, I use it just as a cab and then I use it as a, a backup in case that something happens to the moto. Um, the slant is 6L6 based. If it was EL34 or if it did like the Mesas uh, Simul class thing, I, I might just use that. But um, the 6L6s just don't really do the Marshall thing. Even though it has kind of a Marshall preamp, the 6L6s just they don't seem to push the mid-range the same way, um, and, uh, so, you know, I don't really, I just don't really use it, um, I guess it's probably just voice different as well, even though that, the distortion channel is based off of a Marshall, it's just so, I don't know, there's just something very different about it, um, and I'd have to believe it's mostly that power section, um, just being so big and stout, not giving up, so, uh, there's like a 120 watt power section. Um, anyway, so um, I, I think that's uh, that's the guitars. Uh, the backup guitar I didn't mention at all is a um, what is it? It's it's a Gibson Les Paul Standard. Um, and you would think, why the fuck isn't that the main and the Epiphone is? Well, the Gibson um, doesn't have uh, it, it's it's. Uh, it's just humbuckers. I have no way to split the coils, so so I miss a lot of the single coil sounds that um, I feel are important for um, moving pictures and, and signals type stuff. Also, just getting um, a clean sound, a cleaner sound live. Those things are great for it. Um, but yes, yeah, so it doesn't have that. It, it doesn't have the. Uh, it doesn't have any kind of trem on it. And it sure as shit doesn't have any piezoelectronics in it. So it's it's just an electric guitar. That's all it does. It does it really well. <laughs> but that's the backup guitar. And the uh, the encore guitar. Or, um, <coughs> you know, just uh, fucking around with shit. Um, well, I think this is as good a point as ever to uh, end this first part. So thank you so much for listening. Um... I'm going to uh, finish my coffee and uh, keep on driving. And um, let's see here. I don't know when we'll pick up next. Probably sometime when I get to the club. Uh, and, uh, you know, as we're packing or as we're setting up, or maybe after we are, uh, you know, when I, when I have another little moment to myself. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, catch you in a bit. Okay, I'm back. Um, it's about 12 hours later. Uh, yeah, I'm very tired. So, we're all done. Um, we are done, we are packed up, we are in cars. We are eaten Waffle House, and now we are making it to the hotel. And, um, yeah, 
It was a good show. Uh, the turnout was alright. Um, wasn't... I don't think it was quite as good as we wanted. I don't know. It's hard to tell. The place is so massive. But, um... Yeah, it, it was it was really fun. Um, we didn't really get people, like, up close to the front until we did our little encore thing. Even doing uh, movie pictures. But you could see everybody dancing and singing along. They were just, um... They were good in front of us. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I had weird stuff going on. Um, my, um, every, so everything worked perfectly, uh, except for, um, my, uh, my amplifier. Um, I know I don't have it biased properly, but something happens when you, when I turn the master volume all the way up, and if I hit it really hard, it does this weird, like, uh, kind of cut, the sound, like, cuts out. It sags so much, the tubes actually shut off for a moment. Um, which I, I thought was a, uh that would happen if something's biased too cold. Um, but I could swear that my amp was biased hot, so I'm not really sure what's going on, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I did used to run, this is my, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it, I'm very tired right now. I don't know if I mentioned it, but this is my, uh, car Elmodo. Um, they, my amp is from, uh, I believe 2001. Um, the 50 watt one that, um, I am, uh, that I brought with me. Um, so, so it's kind of old, but, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's, I, I think it's supposed to have two rectifiers in it and I, I know I only have one. So, uh, that might be part of it. Maybe? I don't know. If you did two rectifiers... Yeah, I'm not really sure, but maybe it needs those. Um, But, yeah, anyway, it just wasn't working tonight, so I had to uh, switch over. I I used my Slant 6. Um which is generally a pretty stiff sounding amp. Uh, it doesn't want to move really. It, it, it wants to tell you that it's going to be distortion or, or clean or whatever. Um, it feels beautiful, but it doesn't really do like the fender thing. It doesn't really do the fender thing. Um, in a way that is, uh, super fendery to me. It, it, it is the way that Leo would have wanted it, meaning, like, it doesn't break up at all. It's, like, just... I think they used to call that, like, this, uh... The linear performance or whatever. <clears throat> so the Slant's clean channel definitely does that. The Slant's overdrive channel kind of does that, too. Um, it doesn't really want to react to your playing too much. However, it is... It's... 
it's a very bouncy feeling amp, but the power section is just so stiff that it's, it doesn't really do anything for you. You kind of have to generate all the sound of the preamp, and that doesn't give you a super, it doesn't tend to give you the most um, touch responsive thing. However, the slant, my version of it, um, was kind of doing it tonight. Um, I was pretty blown away, to be honest with you, with how um, I was able to uh, switch pickups, get a totally different sound. I only use the one channel, um, but yet getting a totally different sound out of it. The um, distortion pedals made a, a really big difference. Um, the most surprising thing was the difference in tone between my uh, Epiphone Alex Lifeson signature and my Gibson uh, Les Paul Standard. Um, the Gibson has such a honking mid-range. Uh, I was actually I actually thought that my wah pedal was was maybe stuck on. It was a really interesting sound. Um, it didn't really sound like if my wah pedal was on, but that's that was kind of what I was, I was thinking. There was something because there was just such a, a uh, there was such a peak somewhere, but it wasn't. Um, so it's kind of amazing to hear that out of the two the two instruments. Um, I'd have to imagine that uh, most of that is from um, the pickups, you know, the pickups and the. Uh, electronics, but I don't know, there's got to be something with wood and and things, you know, uh, so part of it, <laughs> but I don't know, um, let's see, what else is there, I don't know, but yeah, it was a pretty good show overall, um, like I said, I wish there were more people, you always do, I guess. But, you know, whatever. We're an out-of-town band. Very small, out-of-town. Kind of a weird thing. A Rush trivia thing. And, uh... Yeah, you know. We're just... We're fucking... We're just doing it. Anyway, um... It is 2.03 a.m. Right as of right now. Terribly tired. I think we're coming up on the hotel. Um, I have to get up in a few hours um, to drive back home to uh, the meetup with the wife, and then we are driving out to Charlotte uh, for a wedding. Um, and then on Sunday, uh, we'll be driving back from Charlotte. I get to go to band practice with Echo Nest. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna be tired. This is just this is gonna be a weekend and a half. Woo! Anyway, uh, thanks again for uh, listening up to this part. Um, yeah, we'll be having uh, you know we'll have a morning uh, morning update for you later on. Okay, and we're back. I think this is the last installment of this. So this is the next day. <coughs> oh. 
Actually, I guess technically last night was already the next. Shut up back there. Um, but yeah, so this is, uh, the sun has risen this time. Um, and, uh, yeah, doing all right. I'm driving back. I'm actually about half an hour from my house at this point. Um, but yeah, got out of the, uh, the place. Everything was good to go. Um, it was kind of nice, so I woke up at 6 to drive back here. And, uh, uh, the sun was just coming over. Um, we were actually, the hotel we were at was pretty much uh, a couple blocks away from the beach. But um, it would have been a really beautiful sight. However, we were in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> the, um, the lights from... whatever, that Ripley's and whatever kind of boardwalk thing they have over there, kind of making it a drag, but you could just see the faintest deep red, um, peeking over the, uh, the horizon, it was really cool, you can still see a lot of stars and stuff, a lot of bright stars, and the sun popping up, I haven't seen that in a long time, especially at the, at the beach. Um, so yeah, very cool stuff. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think of anything fun ha has happened. Not really. Um, but yeah, the gig is done. I'm excited to get home, unpack my gear, and, um, uh, take a shower. <laughs> I, I, I could have taken a shower last night. I definitely should have. I felt like being gross. Just didn't want to do it. It was already so late. Um, wanted to get as many minutes of sleep as I possibly could. And I accomplished that. Um, yeah. So, let's see here. I'm trying to think of the fun things, you know, as I'm, like, reviewing the gig. What happens what I could have done to make it better, um, and, you know, I think it's a lot of the classic stuff of, um, so there's your own performance, which always needs to be frowned upon, right, <laughs> you can never be satisfied with it, uh, or not really, but, um, you know, there's that stuff, there's gear stuff, right? And in that regard, I think I absolutely nailed it um, because uh, I brought two amps and man, just just bring that second amp, especially if you're on the road, just bring that second amp and uh, pop it on stage with you and um, you know, see what happens, um, I have really nice amps, they're unfortunately biased by an idiot, aka myself, and, um, let's see, so the problem I had, I usually use an EO34 based head, um, and, uh, 
I think, I, I don't know if it's, I think it's biased to cold. Because, if I remember correctly, when things are biased, really cold, when they have the, the large voltage swing, that downward voltage swing, because it's a alternating, um, alternating current, right? Current, I guess. Um, when it's, when it's the alternating current, um, it'll go so low, because it's biased so cold, it'll go so low, it shuts the tube down. Um, and when that happens, just because of the nature of tubes, it takes a moment for them to kind of come back. So, um, and, uh, I don't think that's SAG. I think SAG is kind of a different thing. Um, where I was getting almost like a tremolo effect out of, out of my guitar because the, the bias was just so low. Uh, if it was the SAG thing, it would, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't cut out ever. It would just kind of, uh, I don't know, just the sound of it kind of changes. It's a really cool thing. Um, but the thing I had wasn't. So, you know, if I only had the one amp, we were still at sound. It's just bust out a drill, open up the back, try to adjust the bias up, and see if that helps it. If it doesn't, see if it goes down. If that doesn't help it, well, set it to a volume that it would have worked at, and then just pump the rest of it through the uh, monitors. Um... Since I had my second amp, I didn't have to take any time. I just switched the speaker cables and the, you know, main guitar cable over. And, uh, that was it. And we were done. I didn't have to worry about it. So now I can, like, do this other thing at my leisure and all that stuff, which is great. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Excuse me. But that's the amp thing. Um, pedals and piezo and synth all worked really great. Um, yeah, everything on that end sounded very nice. I have no complaints there. Um, one thing I wish I had that I, I think would make the performance better, uh, uh, is my cable routing for my, my, for my guitar. Um, I have the two cables because it's the magnetic and the piezo pickup thing. And it's just not great for live, the, um, the wired thing like that. Um, so I either need to make, uh, a single, like a single cable that has the two, um, outputs I, I need, cause, uh, the jacks on the, uh, well, actually, both of my guitars that have the piezo uh, saddle stuff, um, they don't have a stereo jack that'll do the thing, so I need to, um, I need to have, uh, the two, um, plugs still, the two, um, the two quarter-inch male, you know, T, TR, uh, cables, uh, to do that, but then get feeding into, you know, that those then feed into, uh, you know, I guess like one cable 
uh, body um, so that it has a better cable management system. Now, that would be the cheaper way. Um, it might be the better way in terms of uh, fidelity or uh, at least a response to this. Ooh, excuse me again. Um, but, you know, I think really... Um, Wireless is probably just the thing I really need to um, investigate and uh, just kind of get into that. Um, the problem I foresee with that is um, changing guitars and stuff. It just seems weird. I've never had to do that, so it doesn't seem like it's a good thing. Um, but probably a non-issue. Uh, the other thing is uh, just local stuff with, uh, you know, you hear about wireless things just not working or, or not working uh, properly picking up other interference. I guess uh, that's why you have to kind of spend the money on it to uh, get the, the good ones to I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking stuff now. I would, if anyone who listens to this has wireless uh, and would like to uh, write in, I would love to hear what your experiences have been, uh, especially if, if you've, you've gone through a, uh, a bunch of them, but that's kind of a separate thing. Um, but let's see here. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, I guess getting back to it, uh, ultimately not a bad show. I didn't really hang out. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go up into the front or anything. I kind of, uh, um, would, um, hang out in the, uh, in the back, and then kind of come out quickly, you know, and then scurry back, um, yeah, I just, uh, didn't really want to talk to anybody, um, I guess the Rush Band thing kind of allows for that, you know, the whole song Limelight is kind of just about that, so, um, I definitely feel that, especially in the Rush Tribute Band, um, playing, you know, uh, Alex, right, on stage is, uh, oh, probably not the, uh, you know, most important part of it, totally fine with that also, um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's fun to just kind of, just dip, do what I need to do, run to the back, just do my thing, kind of hang out. Um, and, uh, yeah, our breakdown time was pretty good, too, um, I had one of our buddies helping us out, and, uh, uh that was, um, really amazing to have that, uh, so, yeah, how do you beat that shit, um, and the boys did all of that shit, too, we, we moved the entire band in three cars. Um, at least we know we could do that. Don't really like doing that, but whatever. Um, yeah, well, I guess that's pretty much it for this uh, gig blog. My brain's a little scrambled right now, so this last part's probably not the best. But um, So thank you so much for listening. Um... Yeah, um, I think that's it. Follow me on everything. I can't do this anymore.
right later on, you know? 